This is Danger Talk, Season 1, Episode 3, with Russell Wilson. And this guest right here is the special, the one and only, legendary Randy Moss. Thank you to Danger Talk's presenting sponsor, DraftKings. Download the DraftKings app now and use code DANGERTALK. Welcome back to Danger Talk. I'm Jeff Dye, and we have the man, the player of the week in everybody's opinion, including the most important opinion, mine, Russell Wilson in the house, coming off a huge victory. You are the man, dude. What a week. Well, that was a big week, man. That game was nuts, man. That was wild. Just uh, that game was back and forth, back and forth. It was cool seeing Cam Newton back out there, too. And, uh, you know, and just uh, that was a big game. We needed that one, especially come back home. It was so weird, Jeff, you know, and have no fans in the stands. I was going to say at that. home in CenturyLink. I was, I, was, I was hoping for the electrifying fans. Somehow they'd just show up. I don't know. Sneak into the stadium with a whole bunch of masks on, but I guess it didn't work <laughs> out on my, on my hopes and dreams. But, uh, you know, I'm, ex- I'm excited about this. Uh, this day today, obviously, but this this week was this week was a big week getting that win against the Patriots, which is such a great defense and so many great guys and Gilmore and so and all their players that they have in the secondary and everything else and obviously Coach Belichick going against him was always a challenge and uh, and uh, it was a big win for us. Dude, uh, that's the only thing I would have changed about this game. Except, I mean, you gave me a little bit of a heart attack at the end, but having a whole game without the twelves, the first home game without the twelves, it was a it must have felt weird, right? It was. How did it look on TV? It looked fine. It looked great. It sounded great. It's uh, I kind of, yeah. for me at least, as a spectator on the TV, it, you couldn't really notice. I, at least I didn't. But uh, yeah, were they, they they're pumping that sound, huh? Yeah, it was great. All yeah. right, so you crush it. Everyone's talking about it. it's all over the TV that you don't watch. But five touchdown <laughs> passes and you spread it out. I want to test your memory here. All right, let's test your memory. Uh, recall. Can you remember all five of the touchdown passes, and can you do it in order? Yeah, the first one to Ty Lockett on the scramble in the back of the end zone. Second one to uh, DK Metcalf uh, in the back corner on Gilmore. The 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 third one was to uh, David Moore uh, down the left sideline. A little uh, had a little half inch of a spot there to throw it to. He caught it, made a great catch. And then uh, the fourth one uh, was to Freddie Swain, his first rookie uh, touchdown of his career, which is pretty special. He was. Flying down the sideline, uh, Freddie Swain's gonna be a special player. And the last one was the the moon shot to uh, I call it the moon shot to uh, Chris Carson, which is pretty good. He's he's on fire. So we had, we we spread the ball around. Nice. Did I get my answers right? You crushed it. Yeah, you did it perfect. I, which I, you know, it's yeah, when I, I asked I that, I was like, "There's no way he's gonna remember all that." And then, of course, you remember. Why wouldn't you remember that? Like it was a huge, huge thing. Uh, you you broke my buddy's heart. He had Chris Carson on the fantasy team, but he also, uh, or he was going against Chris Carson, but he had you. So it's like a little bit of a tricky mm. thing for him on. Draft well, he should have gotten Kings. both of us. What was he thinking? What was God, he thinking? He didn't know. I don't think he could give that salary cap. You're too expensive on DraftKings. All right. <laughs> on the other end of the field. You had Cam Newton, and uh, I love a Russell Wilson. You're my favorite player, but I do love a Cam Newton also. Uh, he made it real close there in the end. Uh, a lot of GMs had the opportunity to sign him this year, and none of them did, I mean, besides New England. Uh, what did you see in Cam on Sunday? I want to hear your opinion, not some commentators. I want to hear what Russell Wilson uh, I, I thought Cam. I thought Cam was on point. I told him after the game, man, I thought he was on his stuff and just all the throws he was able to make, the, how he was running the ball. I mean, he's such a – it's like watching Goliath out there, man, just big playing boy. football. Yeah, he's <laughs> yeah, big. You know, he's making so many plays left to right. So, um, you know, I, I'm I'm grateful that he's back out there competing, and he, he should be. And, um, 
you know, there's that was pretty cool. And, and what's really cool about there's there was ten black quarterbacks, you know, starting that day, including myself, I believe. And um, you know, just to see him being such a, a, a star in our league for so many years, you know, I, I know that was definitely cool to watch. And I'm just glad he didn't get an end zone the last play though. That was yeah. I was scratching my head like which way is he gonna go? Go right, he's gonna go left. We know he's getting the ball, so which way is he going? So, uh, but that was a good play by us for sure. I love Cam Newton when he's not playing against the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, <laughs> what do you do in those moments though? Like when it's the it's at the goal line, it's the end of the game. You're like literally. I mean, you you're not you're, you're just having to stand there. You know, like where do you stand? How do you watch? Are you watching? Do you have like any yeah, superstitions? I, I, I watch. I, I watch. I'm praying. I'm praying he don't get in there. I'm like, oh man, like what's gonna happen here? But uh. Yeah, I just I just kind of stay there. I, I try to stay pretty calm, you know. To be honest with you, uh, just because I you know, at the end of the game is the last play. Let's go. You know, I'm, I'm cheering on our defense. I'm I, I'm actually not that calm. I think about it. I'm yelling like <laughs> the top of my lungs. You know, I almost lost my voice there. Like as soon as we made the play, so um, it's definitely intense, and every play matters for sure. That was a big Sunday, man. The Lakers won with a buzzer beater, and I'm watching the Seahawks at the exact same time. I think my I think it took years off my life, but you guys did it. Lakers did. It. I was having a great, great, great week, man. That, that was cool how Anthony Davis hit that shot Ooh. and just yell yell Kobe right right after he hit it. That was that brought chills uh, chills down my arm just thinking about you know that that moment you know and just kind of you know the the legacy that guy like Kobe Bryant has left on so many people and so many players. So uh, yeah, it was well. So you know you were on Dan Patrick this week, which by the way, awesome interview, great stuff. Uh, Dan Patrick tried to guess that our that our guest would be Chris Paul because we like to keep the guest a secret. Uh, he guessed to be Chris Paul, but it's not. Yeah, you know, Chris Paul was a good guess because maybe Chris Paul is coming on the Danger Talk. Maybe he is, maybe he's not. You guys don't know, but yeah, you guys just keep subscribing, keep paying attention. But this guest is going to be a special one, which we're super fired up about. He is a legend of the game in the in the National Football League. He's done so many amazing things. Over his career, he's broken so many records. Uh, you ready for me to announce the guest? Uh, I'm pumped. I've been jacked up. It's been hard for me to not tweet it, not spoil it on Instagram. Go ahead, hit us with that guest, Russ. So our guest today on Danger Talk is a Hall of Fame wide receiver amassing 15,292 career yards and 982 receptions with 156 touchdowns. I, I said 156 touchdowns. I don't even think there's been many quarterbacks that have thrown 156 touchdowns, but this man's got 156 touchdowns. You can catch him on Sunday NFL Countdown and Monday Night Countdown each and every week. Please welcome, welcome the one and only Randy Moss from West Virginia. Randy Moss, what's up, baby? Yeah. <laughs> Russ, what's up, baby? Thanks for having me, man. I appreciate this opportunity, man. Thank, man. thank you for being here. First of all, 84, my guy. You know, I used to rock your jersey when I was a young kid. Jeff died. Did you rock his jersey, his jersey when you were young? I have three Randy Moss jerseys. <laughs> and you know, Russ, I'm the biggest Seattle homer in the world. But Randy Moss had that flavor. You had like a... You had like a, a presence about you that was more off field and on field. I loved it. Uh, you know, one of my favorite things about you, Randy, is is when I think back to uh, growing up watching you and everything else. Right, I used to love watching NFL films. I still love it when when you get to talk about all the all the talking you would do pregame, just all the fun you would have. Take me back there, uh, Randy. Take me back to like let's go let's go to Green Bay. You're you're playing for the Minnesota Vikings. It's snowing probably outside. Take me back to those moments and just how loose you were. I I, I love just how much fun you had and, and, and talk to me about that, Randy, a little bit. Well, my rookie, my rookie year, 
you know, being a rookie coming into the National Football League, you know, you have all the veterans and in when you walk into the locker room, you know, you walk in there tiptoeing, you walk in there with your with your lips sealed. And I remember playing Green Bay. We were undefeated going into that game Monday night. And I could just remember that the head coach, Dennis Green, just telling me, Russ, hey, Randy, we're going to unleash you. We're going to unleash you. And what's funny, and I'm going to take you back. My rookie year, I had 17 touchdowns. 17. Russ. 17. DK Metcalf, you hear that? It's 17. <laughs> 17. So when Coach Green told me, he was like, Randy, we're going to unleash you tonight for like three to almost four games. Dude, they didn't throw me the ball. They didn't throw me the ball. <laughs> so I ended up with 17 touchdowns as a, as a rookie. And to what I'm trying to tell throw you me is, the ball. the NFL record could have been broke as a rookie. Yeah. So, <laughs> yes. So, so we go into Green Bay, and Coach Green is telling me throughout the week we're going to unleash you. And really, I didn't know, I didn't know, I didn't even know what that meant. So we go into the locker room, Russ, and I go out pregame, and you know, there's these historical fields that you go to, such yep. as Lambeau, and I go out there looking around and see the, the lights and look at the names up in in the, in the rafters and. I said, man, this is my first Monday night. And my first Monday night game, Russ, it took me back to Friday night lights. Friday night football. Anybody knows about Friday night football, clear the town. It's just football, football, baby. So this football. So up to that point, we had games, Russ, because we were on Central Time in Minneapolis. Our games was at 12. We were playing at 12 noon. So – that was my first night. So Denny Green let us be loose. And so we start banging on the uh banging on the lockers, playing beats and stuff. And so a lot of people didn't know that Dennis Green played drums. He, he was yeah. a drummer. So he started <laughs> beating on the locker. Okay. So and I know there's been plenty of times y'all been in the locker room and Pete Carroll just let the locker room just be a little bit loose. So we're banging on the lockers. Coach Green is banging on the lockers because he understands what he has and he's about to unleash it tonight. Yeah. So we go out there and um, we do our thing. And it was kind of like I was in a zone a little bit and and being able to go out there um, just in that hostile environment, man. That's, that's, the, that's probably a game I'll never forget going into Lambeau, knowing that it's a rivalry game anyway. And just being able to perform the way that I was able to yeah, perform. Yeah, Randy, take me back. Like, because I, I love that when you talk about just this idea of unleashing Randy Moss. Like, I like just unleash him. So, like, when you talk about that, when he comes up to you and tells you that he's going to unleash you, well, what's running through your mind? You know, do you get calm in that moment? Do you get excited? Like, walk, walk me through that. Well, the, the thing about it through, throughout, throughout the season, I had the veterans telling me, mainly Chris Carter, Jake Reed, uh, the other third wide receiver. Hey man, we're going to do some great things. We're going to do this, boy. I can't wait till we see this. I can't wait to see this. So, prior to the season, prior to the season, we used to scrimmage in Lacrosse, Wisconsin. Yep, I know exactly. Okay, that's where the Kansas City Chiefs used to host their training camp. Mm-hmm. Okay, so during training camp, we're talking about how good our offense is going to be. Hey, we're not as good until we go to Lacrosse and face two of the best corners in the National Football League. So we go up there. I'm nervous, Russ. I'm nervous. Randy Moss got nervous. 
Man, as a rookie, I won't I'm going accept to face... it. That is an unacceptable t- answer. Okay, so <laughs> I don't even know. So James Hasty was a cornerback for the Chiefs. Very physical. Very physical. It was very hard to get off his jams, like he'd jack you in the chest. Then Dale Carter. Dale Carter on the other side was like a Jalen Ramsey, as nasty as they come. Yeah. So I'm sitting up here thinking like, oh, my God, these two guys are going to try to embarrass me as a rookie. So make a long story short, I was able to hold my own. So then the season starts. We're having a little bit of success early. I come out with two touchdowns. Then he puts me, you know, in the clank for a couple of weeks. And then he brings me out. So for him to be able to tell me that, hey, man, we're going to unleash you, we're going to unleash you, I didn't even know what that meant because I thought I'd been having good weeks of practice, but I just wasn't putting numbers up in the game um, that I felt that I could do because of the success that I had in week one against the Tampa Bay Bucks. Mm-hmm. So when he tells me that, man, that he's going to unleash me, I didn't really feel it until Randall Cunningham threw me a deep, I think it was like a 60-something yarder, down the right sideline, and they called it back for a phantom holding call. Phantom holding call, you said. A phantom. <laughs> yeah, a phantom holding call. Those are the worst. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so so um, they call it back, and and the crazy part about it is I'm, I'm running, I'm jumping up and down. There's a flag on the play. I hear the fans roaring, so they call it back. Call it back. So instead of me – waving the wide receiver in rush. You know, you the receiver uh, runs a deep ball and the other wide receivers looking on the sideline. All right, go get him, go get him. No, I wave him off. So I have this, this, this energy and focus about me that I'm sitting there like, man, I'm ready to play some football tonight. So, you know, the, the history, you know, the history right wrote itself, but like I say, man, it was just being in the national football league, man, where you experienced the brotherhood, where you, uh, you know, develop, you know, locker room chemistry. It's just, it, it's, it's just something that you'll never forget, man. And I don't even know, Russ, how many more years you've got left, bro, but I'll tell you, it's not the game that you fully, totally miss. The locker room conversations, the locker room, the, the, your brothers that sits beside you for the last so many years, the, the ups and downs of the locker rooms, the wins and losses, the lessons you learn. That's the stuff that makes you sit at home and, and, and get emotional when talking about the game of football because of, you know, of everything that's put into it, man. I, you know, I hear your interviews. I heard you talking about, you know, uh, you, they were talking about the hours you put in and, and, and talking about how do you do it and you just talking about, man, I'm blessed. And, you know, looking throughout, you know, my lifetime of, of all the hatred and all the finger pointing and, all that, Russ. It's, it, I mean, you know it just as well as I do, man. I, you know, we were blessed just just with an ability and a gift, man, to go out and do this. And, you know, for me to be able to come from a small community and be able to be able to showcase my talents to the world and do what I like to do or not like, do what I love to do. I mean, man, that's a win-win situation, man. So like I said, bros, as much as You've enjoyed watching me and 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 the success that I've that I've had. I mean, dude, you're you're still out here doing your thing. And like I say, Russ, I've been a fan of yours. I've told you multiple times. And like I say, bro, this is a great opportunity for us to be together on this pod, man. Yeah, and man, it's an honor to have you, first of all, the great Randy Moss. You know, you talked about relationships and one of the things that I, I love that you talked about, you talked about 
people like Chris Carter and so many other guys and the coaches and the relationships and everything else, who are you closest to? Like, like to me, I think we all have the people that we're like closest to that really kind of stick by us through it all. Who are those, who are those one, two, three guys for you throughout your career? <laughs> Russ for 14 years, man, I really had no one. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, um, you know, you, 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 you know, I was really a, a, a closed, really a closed, closed in type guy, you know, like a mole. And, um, you know, it's kind of like, you know, I tell my kids this a lot that in order for you to be successful, in order for you to be so-called great, you know, there's a certain sacrifice that you got to have. And the sacrifice that you make and that you have is not going to go so well with a lot of people, Russ. So I think throughout the, the you know, my 14 year career of trying to make friends and, and things like that, Russ, I, I didn't really care too much about making friends. I think that there's one guy that I was really close to and our relationship kind of failed. And I think it really hurt me from an emotional standpoint. That's Dante Culpepper, mm-hmm. you know, just being able to share some, some, some special times with him and his family on and off the field and being able to have a, an African-American quarterback and, you know, everything that goes on in professional sports is, you know, that's, that's one relationship that I could really say that I really truly had and, and loved and, and enjoyed. And I think just the game of, of, of football just, just took us in different directions. So if it's anybody in my 14 year career, I'd really say Culpepper was 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 one of the 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 best, if not the best, relationship I have. But the one that I keep up with right now was Kevin Falk and uh, Vince Wilfork. Them probably the main two guys that I still you uh, keep up in touch with. Ten years in going to New England when I thought I still uh, knew football, but I knew I had a little bit left in the tank. So I developed a relationship. You know, ten years later in the National Football League. So between Culpepper, Vince Wilfork. Kevin Falk, them are, them are the three guys that I can really say, you know, if there's anyone, it'd be pick one of those three. Yeah, for sure. I, I think about some of the guys that I, when I came into the NFL, you know, I was so laser focused, you know, I, to be honest with you, I was a third string quarterback, you know, uh, third, third round pick, 75th pick overall. I had, um, you know, T-Jack in front of me and, and uh, rest in peace, T-Jack. And we had, you know, um, you know, we also had Matt Flynn in front of me. And so for me, I, I just had my head down the whole time. You know, right. there was, you really can't, if you want to be great, kind of what you were talking about, you know, it's, you want to have friends, but it's hard to build those relationships when you're spending so much time on trying to just make sure you're ready to play. Because yes, the, the reality is nobody wants, nobody wants to be around losers. That's the truth, Correct. right? People want to right. be around great players and, and people want to be around winners. And so if you're going to play this position, the place, position I get to play, or if you're the first round pick, you know, and top pick in the whole thing, like Randy Moss, you know, the, the reality is the expectation is up here. My expectation was up here for me. Are you so saying I, that the worst players are usually the most fun or the most fun <laughs> players are pretty average? I don't know. I don't know how you were in, in high school, Jeff. Dye, I want to know but, the party guys. I want to know the guy that's going to make me crack up who, you know, he might not have any receptions. <laughs> you know, it's you great. Know. It, it, you know, I was just telling Russ about the relationships and the things that you miss when it's all over and, it's crazy that you said this. Every locker room has it has a comedian. You know, every locker room has a comedian. That's why we have and, Jeff Dye here. That's right. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> so, 
So it's kind of like, hey, Jeff, when 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 you leave the game or, or or when you get traded or released to another team, that's the type of stuff that you miss, man. I mean, the game of football playing with between the white lines, I always I always say it's kind of like being at school, the teacher opening up the doors and said, all right, kids, it's just recess. It's time to go play. And that's and, and because you think about you think about going in between the white lines, Russ, where you could just be free, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, I beat myself up more in practice over a miscue, a drop pass, than I do in a game because of my the, the expectations that I set for myself. And I think that, you know, over the course of time that, like I say, that an individual player or coach may look at you and say that, you know, you're not talking or you're selfish or you're standoffish. But like you said, Russ, it's kind of like, man, you got to get yourself right first to make sure you can go out there. Because I, I was always, my mindset was 11 guys on the field and I never wanted to be the weakest of the, of the 11. You know, I wanted to be one of, I, I wanted to be one of the, one of the strongest of the 11 and I wanted to be dependable. I wanted to be durable. And I also wanted the guys to know, like, if I need to go in there and take a hit, I'll take a hit. You know, and, you know, a lot of wide receivers get the label of gator arms. He doesn't want to go across the middle and things like that. But like I say, a true gamer, you just go in there and just make it happen. And I think that you develop and learn the the, the love and the passion for the game of, of, of football at such a young age. I, I don't really hear a lot of stories of I fell in love with football at 25, so I just decided to play. So, like I say, I just think that, you know, the game of football, um, you know, it had come, um, I mean, it had go past uh, very quickly. But like I say, man, I just enjoyed the moments reminiscing, looking at YouTube, watching highlights and just sitting there looking at a young Randy Moss. That's all I could do now. I was once yeah, no. told by a Seattle Mariner, John Allerud, in a celebrity softball game. He said, if everyone was like you in our clubhouse, Jeff, it would be very, very annoying. But if everyone was like me, it would be very, very boring. So a locker room and a clubhouse needs kind of like all the different parts to kind of work. And I, I don't know if that's true because I've only spent one day in a locker room in my entire life, but I took it as a wisdom. You know, I, yeah, I, I think you're exactly right on terms of, you know, you always have, you know, certain guys who there's there's certain positions and certain roles and everybody plays their own role. And I think that, you know, Randy, kind of what you're what you're referring to and some of the relationships that you've built, some of those guys, obviously, you know, Dante playing quarterback. And, you know, for me, some of the closest relationships I've had, uh, you know, a guy like Robert Turbin, he was a running back. We actually came into the NFL together. It was 2012. And I remember we went to uh, Canton, Ohio for the uh rookie symposium or whatever you call it. And uh, all of us rookies were, were there and they, they had this guy walk onto stage and all the rookies and guys like Andrew Luck and Robert Griffin are there. I'm sitting next to Robert Turbin and uh, we're all sitting up together on our teams and guy walks on to the stage and he says, what does the NFL stand for? And everybody's like the national football league. Like who's this, who's this jerk? And, uh, <laughs> and, 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 and the guy goes, no, hell no. It's the NFL. It stands for not for long. And uh, that was kind of the first, like, welcome to the NFL. And in that moment, I really captured the idea that what he was saying was true. You know, that yeah. if you want to own your own your career, if you want to own y- your opportunity, your shot, that one shot you may get. I, I, I went into this thing knowing that I would only get one shot. Right? I would get one shot to do it. I would get one shot to be a 5'11", 
five, ten and a half, whatever you want to call it, quarterback <laughs> to be able to, to 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 represent the game and to be able to to be honest, you just be African American and be shorter and to be able to play this game and get that shot. And that one shot that I was going to do it, I was going to leave it all in the field. And so for me, the preparation and the and all that. So relationships were important to me, but not they they weren't but priority. Priority was playing. And and so that one guy that I really connected with from the jump was this guy named Robert Turbin, who was ended up being my roommate when we went to Canton, Ohio. And I never forget, we talked about, man, one day we want to be here, man. We're going to be here together. We're going to do this thing. We're going to win a Super Bowl together, multiple Super Bowls. And I never forget that, forget that conversation. We were, we're jamming out to oldies in the room talking about it. And, and just those memories of what you were kind of referring to and other guys like, you know, Jimmy Graham, I've developed really cool relationship, you know, with him just because, you know, he lost, somebody that was very significant to him and his life and me too as well. And so all those relationships you build, and I think that's such an important part of it. And, you know, you talked about quarterbacks, Randy, we talked about some of the guys you got to play with. I, I remember Dante Culpepper and you doing the role, you know, and doing all that stuff. Get his role on. Yeah. yeah, get your role on. I meant to bring that back one of these days, but you know, what was cool, what was cool, you talked about guys like Randall Cunningham and Dante, you know, Culpepper, some of the, 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 the best, you know, quarterbacks to play the game and, and especially being African-American and stuff like that. You know, you think about today's football and you think about playing with those guys and what they were able to do and how they set the standard for guys like me, to be honest with you. Yes. They gave yes. me an opportunity. Enough people don't give them enough credit because to me, they're the ones that I looked up to while I was watching them play and all the amazing throws that they could make and everything else. When you talk about those two guys in particular and what they were able to do for today's trend of NFL, you know, we had, I think it was last weekend, you know, we got to play on, on Sunday night football against the, you know, Patriots, it's me versus Cam Newton and, and all these other quarterbacks, uh, black, I think there are 10 starting uh, black quarterbacks in the NFL, which has changed drastically from even the time yes. I came in the NFL. Right. Talk about that trend and, and what that means to football and to the youth and just what the history of the game has been. And obviously you've played for so many years. Talk about the history. Well, back when I played, Russ, you know, you had, <clears throat> you know, the stereotype of, you know, African-American quarterbacks not being able to fully run a football team. And when you have, you know, NFL greats like uh, Cole Pepper, uh, Randall Cunningham, that like you said, that was able, Warren Moon, to be able to set the stage for guys like yourself, it's kind of, it, it, I, don't, I don't know, like, what Dante feels or what Randall feels. I can't speak for them, but being able to play for them and just look at the, the, the barriers and the obstacles that we had to overcome just to get, you know, contracts, um, you know, be able to, like, you know, I'm not tooting my horn or anything like that, but I looked at DeAndre Hopkins' contract the other day uh, and all these guys getting extensions and stuff, and one of my friends called me and said, well, Moss, what would you do with a contract like that today? And I was like, well, you know what? I can really consider myself somewhat of a trendsetter because I was actually the first player non-quarterback to receive a big contract. Yeah. So it was kind of so it was kind of like all the quarterbacks received money, and I had to take a little bit of backlash, Russ, for being able to go out there and listen to the naysayers and all the negatives of of why I'm not worth this amount of money. And so now, when you look at what those guys had to endure, of oh, he's not worth this amount of money. Now you look and see where things have changed. You know where you guys are making all of this money where you guys are now the face of the National Football League. So, man, it, it, it's a great feeling to have. It's a great feeling 
to really see, you know, the faces of the National Football League, you well, know, being not able for to long. Not, not the National, it's called Not For Long. That's what Russ just told us. <laughs> no, not for not not for long. Not for long, meaning meaning you won't be there for long. Oh, but like I said, Russ, I, you I, lied I, to I think just I think <laughs> I just I, I just like the way that that you know it's, it has transitioned for everybody to have an opportunity to go get their money. You know, when you look at you know Russ, when you look at guys like yourself, when you look at guys like Kyler, when you look at guys like Cam Newton. You know, I, I just love the 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 athletic quarterback yeah. being able to still be still be um, uh, uh, an asset in the National Football League. There's one guy, Russ. I don't even know if you really followed him. I mean, he's way older than you. He's a little older than me. But you ever remember remember the name Charlie Ward? Yeah, of course, Charlie Ward. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, he went to Florida State, and, right? Y- yes, yeah, Fla- that's Charlie Ward, Florida State. Of, Charlie Ward is one of my all-time great quarterbacks that never got an opportunity to showcase his talent. Yeah. Now, Russ, if you if you ask me, when I look at your game, dude, you have Charlie Ward like size, everything, man, and 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 that's why I like the way you play because if you go back to like the nineties, ninety two. 93, back when he played, won the Heisman Trophy from Florida State. He was back in the shotgun doing the same thing, making uh, making moves with his legs, with his arm, and he had multiple receivers. So, like I say, the, the game has changed so much for the quarterback position uh, to be able to let quarterbacks use their athletic ability. You guys were in a barn burner, you know, Sunday night out there, and I know that you was over there, you know, looking at Cam Newton, you know, with the last second drive. And like I said, now in today's game, when you see yourself, Cam, Kyler, when you see all of these quarterbacks, and now I'm not even talking about African-Americans, when you look at guys like Josh Allen in Buffalo, when you look at all of these quarterbacks, you know, changing the quarterback position. Yes, if you need to be a drop-back passer, yes, you can deliver the ball. But can you get outside the pocket and keep the chains moving to deliver the ball? That's those are the quarterbacks of the future. Like no team, like no team is going is not going to deny having a pocket passer. But I think when you look at look at what Herbert did for the LA Chargers this past weekend, being yeah. able to make plays with his legs. So, like I say, the quarterback position has changed, just like the tight end position has just changed from a three point stand. Are you a versatile tight end? Can you go from a three to a two, from a two to a three point stance? So, uh, like I say, the game is changing, the position is changing, man. It's just great to see that the quarterback position is not just a drop back, that Randall Cunningham, Dante Culpepper, guys like that, that showed their athleticism, you know, uh, early in their careers, but it's kind of like 20 years ago. And now that you see the quarterbacks now that's still getting paid, you know, this this big uh, amount of money of just being an athlete. So, like I said, man, it's just it's just good to watch, and it's just it's just great to see every weekend, week in and week out. Sorry, Russ. Charlie Ward did not have a Sierra. I'll tell you that. This Russell Wilson is winning. (laughs) (laughs) I definitely win. Definitely win for sure. I'm with you. Uh, I definitely win on that front. But, you know, you talk about, uh, you know, when I was playing against Cam this past weekend, it was cool. It's good to see him back out there. He's such a great competitor, you know. Right. And what's crazy to me is to think about 
what Cam's had to go through. You know, what Cam's had to go through and people not giving him a chance, really. And then, right. obviously, Bill gives him a chance. But, you know, that guy's one of the best football players on the planet, period. Right. I don't care right. what anybody said. You want to watch him right. out there making the throws and being as physical as he is. And, um, you Charlotte's know, it's pretty so, hard on him, too. The fans are pretty hard on him in Charlotte. Like, they were really, really hard on him the last few seasons, man. Like, Seattle's like, what? we love a Russ Wilson. Like, I was in Charlotte doing comedy shows, and they're like, oh, Cam, we're over Cam. I was like, what are you talking about? He's like a giant. He's like, he's, I think he's incredible. I think it's going to be a huge year for him. Well, you yeah. know, what, Jeff, Jeff, when the media paints a certain narrative about a, about a person and starts challenging and starts attacking character and just start, you know, because it's kind of it's easy for a person to pick up a newspaper or grab their telephone in this day and age and whatever they read, they believe it. And when when you when you look at what Cam Newton had to endure, you know, franchise quarterback, you know, a lot of people just turning their back on Cam. And I've always been a big I've, I've always been a, a, a first of all, I've always been a fan of of of, of all sports and you know, football, I love football, but basketball is my first love. So, you know, being able to look at, at like, when I look at athletes, one, I look at, man, could he play basketball? So a lot of, so a lot of the, the greatest athletes in our game in the past and the present, you know, has a little bit of basketball background behind them. You look at some of the big offensive tackles, most of those guys got a little bit of background in them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, for sure. So I, 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 I like the I like just being able to, you know, just go out there and just and just let guys just showcase what they got, man. And and like I say, I, I'm just glad to see a guy like Cam Newton to be able to rebound, Josh McDaniels, Bill Belichick playing to his strengths, Russ. You know what I'm talking about, playing to his strengths. They could yeah. they could have easily let Cam Newton sit back in that pocket 40 times a game and see if he can be a pocket passer uh, like Tom Brady. No, they're playing to his strength. So it's kind of like, and I always say this, you check your ego in at the door. You know, they didn't try to rewrite, you know, history books or try to, uh, you know, try to change Cam Newton's approach to the game. They checked their ego into the door and they had to get into the laboratory this offseason to see how their offense can benefit from a Cam Newton. And you see, man, I mean, it was good to see him back, man. Like I say, it was a, it was a, it was a hell of a game uh, between you guys. You guys pulled it out. And like I said, Russ, I mean, it's it's just great to see games like that, man, where you guys are got daggone out there dueling it to the end. I got a question for both of you guys. Yeah, it was. Uh, Russ, you had a huge yeah. game. Obviously, that's all I've talked about since, since uh, like, five touchdowns. I'm so – all different rece- – it was incredible. And, Randy, you've had a zillion great games. They had to make football cards bigger just to fit all your stats on it. When you <laughs> have a big game – do you or do you not go home and watch it on ESPN and kind of soak in all that? Or are you just done with all the kind of media stuff and you don't want to hear if they're going to criticize something or like, I want to know both of you, your process on after the game. Well, Randy, I'll let you go first. I'll, uh, Randy, I'll let you okay. go first. Cause you're, you're, you're the true well, legend. I never, here. I, but I'll let I you never, <clears throat> this was my motto. I, I, it was hard for me to look look and ignore the negative and say that it never affected me. So what I had to get used to used and accustomed to, excuse me, was I didn't ever watch the highlights. You know, if I go out here and have two or three touchdowns, a hundred and some yards, I wouldn't watch the highlights 
because I know sooner or later, within a week or two, I'm going to get to it. And then there's going to be something negative. So I, I like, I, I'll be a fool to sit here and say that I'm not affected by the negative things that were said about me throughout my career. I just wanted to be strong and, you know, tried to push myself into being a better person and a better player. So for me, I never, I never liked listening to the good and I didn't like listening to the bad. So what I had to take upon myself is I never watched the, the highlights and stuff, man. I mean, that, and that's true for me. Yeah, no, for me, I, I have a rule, uh, Jeff, I, I don't during the, during the week, you know, of the, of the season and stuff with, you know, I, I don't watch ESPN. I try to stay away from it. I, don't, I just, yeah, like they'll, they'll literally have a TV in the cafeteria, for example. And I, I just won't go. I just won't go by. I'll walk right by it or whatever. I don't look at it. I don't try to pay attention to it. Now, if there's another game on, like last night, you know, it was the, uh, it, you know, it was the Saints uh, versus the, the, Ra- the, yeah. the Raiders, the Vegas Raiders. So I, I, I'll watch that game. But if it's a game, but or if it's a, you know, NBA playoff game, I'll watch the NBA playoff game. I love games and stuff. and I love sports. But when it comes to commentary and all that stuff, I, I just try to ignore it completely because otherwise it'll mess yes. with your head, man. This stuff, man, is 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 troubling you. They'll they'll feed you one day, they'll love you one day, and they'll hate you yes. the next. You know, I, I I write some I write something every day on my on my binder at the very top of my my notebook I, every day every day it says they'll love you one day and they'll hate you the next. And and I, and I just understood that. You know, I've understood that. I've been at the highest of the high. I've won in a Super Bowl. That you know, the following year, unfortunately, we didn't get to go go to you didn't get to win the the, the second Super Bowl. And in that midst of, midst of one year or one moment or one thing, you know, I wasn't going to let that define, define my career. You know, I was going to set the tone for the rest. Yeah. And for me, it was that mentality that like, man, you're going to have people, even in your own locker room, sometimes talking stuff about you or this or that, or, or this, or, or he shouldn't get paid this, or he shouldn't get this, or he shouldn't get that or whatever it may be. And I, I was going to, I was going to say F it all. I'm going to, I'm going to prepare for the highest level that I possibly right. can. And just make sure that I'm I'm setting the tone for the legacy that I want to live because I I, I want to be a Hall of Famer one day. I want to do everything I can to try to be the best in the world at my position that's ever stepped on the field. And there's a lot longer that I have to go, and there's a lot more winning to do. But to me, it's a process. It's a vision. It's a it's a goal. It's a legacy that you want to create. And speaking about legacy, you know, Randy, for you, when I think of when I think about you, I think you know, you know, the greatest receiver, you know, to step on the field, to run by people and make the plays and. Make the big time catch. It was kind of like watching Michael Jordan. You know, you know, you turn the TV on, you got to watch Michael Jordan play, and and you knew when he had, when the ball was getting past him, you knew he was going to make the game winning shot. You knew you every time Dante would throw the ball to you, knew you were going to make a play, or, or Brett, or whoever is going to throw you the ball. So, you know, when you think about your legacy, the Hall of Fame, and getting inducted into the Hall of Fame and putting that jacket on, walk me through the feelings, the emotion. Like I want to know. Like, I I want to know what that felt like. What your thought process is. You know who who to thank. You know all of that, all of those those amazing moments when when that you get that knock on that door. You know what 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 goes what goes every, through your head when the Hall of Fame president David Baker knocks. Every your door? everybody saw me and my wife emotional at the door, and yeah, like the the rush you was just talking about ignoring the noise, night, like not listening to the negativity and. There was so much negativity talked about me, about am I a first ballot Hall of Famer? Randy Moss shouldn't be a first Hall of uh, first ballot Hall of Famer. Terrell Owens wasn't. Randy Moss shouldn't. 
And then, you know, comparing me and another man, you know, the Hall of Fame is what you did as an individual. And, you know, I don't believe in individual awards because I played this game for the love of it and, and going out there and, and just wanting to win with, with, with 10 other guys. And just being able to go throughout the process from the time in, in, in Minnesota of, um, of just getting my name, uh, getting knocked on the door and then getting my name called the next day, man. Most, I mean, Rush, you talking about emotional, man. I think I was emotional for like 48 to 72 hours, man, because it just took me back to reflect back from my childhood of where I, where I developed the love of the game. And, you know, like you heard me earlier talking about, you know, my brothers and my brother, his best friend and my best friend It's kind of like, the four of us used to battle, man. I mean, we used to battle, and yeah. we used to play this game called Razzle Dazzle. And Razzle, Razzle Dazzle. Dazzle. I'm, I'm going to have to tell baby, baby Future a little bit about this game in Siena, so, too. So tell Razzle me about Dazzle, that, like, you can throw it anywhere on the field. It's basically like basketball uh-huh. and football into one. So, like, right. if I throw you a five-yard hitch, then – as soon as I throw it to you, I'm taking off. I'm going long. So, so, gotcha. so that means that there are forward laterals, backward laterals. How many times you want to throw it, you throw it. Just score a touchdown. So, yeah. if you get it, if you get a, if you score on an interception, or you score on a kickoff, you get to get. We call it a straight. That means that you okay. kick it off to us again. So we get if we get another straight. So me and my best friend used to run uh, my brother and his best friend out. So I think a lot of the the tears and the emotions had me reflect back on my childhood and the struggles, Russ, of of high school, uh, the high school fight, going to jail, uh, being able to lose my scholarship. Uh, you know, just violating my civil rights as a as a as a young black man. Just everything that I had to go through, all the things that I had to endure. And lastly, just like I said, man, just, and I just remember looking, listening to, um, somebody sent me a clip on my social media and it had, I think it was Shannon Sharp, Eric Dickerson and Terrell Owens. And they debated a whole segment on why Randy Moss shouldn't be a first ballot Hall of Famer. And so it kind of rubbed me wrong because, you know, I don't know these guys like that. And, and, and I don't really know these guys. And for them to talk about me in a segment, why didn't y'all invite me on the segment to talk about am I first ballot Hall of Famer or not? So for yeah. David Baker to be able to knock on that door, man, I had a lot of mixed emotion, a lot of mixed emotions of everybody telling me, oh, man, you're going to be a first ballot. Randy Moss, if you're not a first ballot Hall of Famer, man, there is no Hall of Fame. So, like I said, man, I was I was being tugged from different levels and different avenues, man. And then that big knock on the door, man, just basically took all of that that, that I just spoke about and put that all – right before my eyes, man, of the hard work, the dedication, the sacrifice for my family, the sacrifice for my children throughout the years, man, of, of, of being able to get on that, uh, on such a high pedestal. So like I said, Russ, it was just, just all the, all of that in a nutshell of 
everything that I had to go through outside the game of football just to be able to put that Hall of Fame jacket on, man. And it was it was an honor. The weekend, it was a blast just being able to see the fans that you would never see, just to get love from other fans. And it's, and it's crazy because mm-hmm. you have other guys inducted in with you like Ray Lewis, Baltimore, Baltimore Ravens, you know, Brian Erlacher, Chicago Bears. And, you know, to hear the Bear fans, you know, congratulate me and, you know, wanting to shake my hands and, you know, giving me. So yeah. Cool. So it's kind of like, you know, like, Russ, you go to Minnesota, you know, you're not you're going to get a lot of booze coming to Minnesota, Russ. You know <laughs> you're get some booze yeah, for sure. But at the yeah. end of the day, when it's time for you to get that jacket and, and, and to put on, man, that's, that's the respect that the fans of the game give you, man. And that's a, that's a surreal moment. That's yeah. a surreal type of weekend, man, that you just soak all of that in, man. And that's just just being a legend of the game. That's, that's a great feeling. Would you be a first ballot well, razzle-dazzle you- player, do you think? Would you be a first ballot Hall of Famer in razzle-dazzle? Jeff, that's where I started it at, bro. I mean, <laughs> right, hey, you think about this. I got to see the tape. I've seen no play. tape. So so everybody's sitting up there talking about the uh, – it was the play at the end of the half between us and the Denver Broncos and the Metrodome. Pep, Pep rolls out to the right, throws it to me, and I pitch it over my shoulder to Mo Williams. That's the, mm-hmm. that's the kind of razzle-dazzle – uh, that I'm talking about, Russ. Basically, you run in the option, but you can run it from anywhere on the field. You can throw it, option it out, and stuff like that. So, you know, Russ, I, I played, I played quarterback, you know, early, uh, like in junior high school, but I could never remember the play, so they threw my behind out wide. So that was <laughs> <laughs> that was my little. Well, listen, I, I, I've got I've got the notes. Dale Mog, the producer, he's 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 taking notes right now on the razzle dazzle format in the game. So. D Mog, we need to make sure we play some Razzle Dazzle one of these days. And I'm, I'm gonna send, I'm gonna, Randy, I'm gonna send you a little clip of me playing some Razzle Dazzle. You can throw it anywhere. It, it, we gotta start a league <laughs> anywhere. Start okay, Razzle Dazzle league. You know, you, you know, you, you talked about, you know, Randy, when you talked about uh, legacy and the Hall of Fame, putting the jacket on, all that kind of stuff. I'm in the middle of my career, and I think about, you know, the beginning, just from the beginning to where I am now, where I want to go. What what advice would you give to a person like me? or to anybody else who's looking to be successful in whatever they're doing, but a person like me right there, right now, in the midst of what I'm trying to do, what advice would you give me? Because I, I think about that all the time. If I, one thing I've always known is you got to ask the greats. You got to ask them, you know, what made you get here? And what, what, what would you do here? What, this is my situation. What do you think about that? And that's something that I've always done. I've been obsessed with. And so to be here with you right now and having this conversation is pretty cool because you know, I, I want to know what, what advice would you personally give me, knowing me and everything else? What advice would you give well, me? Well, I think that the position the position that you're in, you know, playing the quarterback position where all eyes are on you, you know, no matter how you feel, um, always come to work with an attitude to lead. Yeah. And, and lastly, no matter how well you perform, what type of years that you have, Pro Bowl, All-Pro, MVP, remain a student of the game. Remain a student of the game. Like, like as if that each year you are, you know, wanting to learn more. You want to get better each and every year. And I think that if you come with the approach every day to lead, because you think about some of the days that you get up, that you're sitting there like, God, I don't feel like going to work. Yeah. And I think that that's not 
the love of the game. You know, it's kind of like, Russ, think about it. You go out on the field, you get ready to practice, you're not loose yet, and you're sitting here mentally sitting there talking about, man, I can't wait for practice to be over. But once you get loosened up and stretch, pat and go, uh, routes against air, now you're in it like, boy, I'm ready to play some football. Now it's kind of like every single day that you go out there, as the NFL stands for not for long, it's not going to last for long, man. So every day that you're out there with your brothers, man, you got to lead no matter if you want to or not. Always lead with the mindset to lead and always remain a student of the game. Yeah, that's so good that you said those two points because to me, I always tell my teammates, it's an everyday yes. thing. It's an everyday thing. You want to be great? I was talking to one of the younger guys the other day and I said, you want to be great? He asked me, well, what, 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 how's it? Do you want to be great? It's an everyday. Every day. Thing. It's commitment. Every day. I tell, every time I walk in the huddle during practice, after, the, after Coach Carroll blows the whistle and go to the next period, hey man, it's an everyday thing. It's an everyday thing. You, if you want to be great, you got to be obsessed with it. How you do your treatment, how you do, how you do your off the field yes. stuff, how, everything that you do. Got, and, 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 and speaking of that too, you know, talking about, you know, the connectivity to your teammates and, and players. And there's some days that, you know, especially up in here in Seattle, sometimes it'll get rainy, it'll get cold. You know, your body's not warmed up yet. And, and just knowing that, man, there's a greater mission to yes. it all. And I think that one of the guys I think about, you know, uh, which you'll really relate to, uh, is a guy like DK Metcalf. You know, he's obviously a star, young wide receiver in the league. He didn't catch 17 touchdowns his rookie year like you did. <laughs> but when I, when I think about a player that's professional, loves the game, and I tell, tell him, for example, it's an everyday thing, you know, and, and, and what, what would you, first of all, what do you see in a guy like DK? Because I, I love throwing the deep ball. You know me, Randy. So if I had a guy like you, I'm chucking it deep. Get ready, because here it comes. Man, you know what I mean? I'm going <laughs> to tell you, I'm gonna tell you one, one thing that, you know, just looking at him, and I'm not going to sit here and critique him on this pod, but, you know, him just being a big wide receiver like myself, yeah, he weighs more than me. And sometimes we have a – sometimes we struggle with starting and stopping. You know, that guy yeah. stopped that you threw him the other day where Stephon Gilmore ran like it was the go ball. Those are the type of routes that slant that you threw him. Those are the type of routes that when you're going out, that all the routes have to look like that. And Yeah, that was beautiful how you ran Yes, and, you know, a lot of wide receivers, and I had to learn this, and I'm not and, – and, and I haven't seen this from DK, but a lot of wide receivers got to learn this, and I had to learn it. It's kind of like when the play is not designed to come to you where you might be the second or the third read, the quarterback's eyes doesn't necessarily have to take him to that first read. When the, if, if a quarterback know how to read a defense – and he see and yes, quick. and that's why I say that I had to learn throughout my career that oh he take plays off he does this no I the only plays that I did take off when I knew I was the decoy and I always felt this Russ I always felt that just my presence on the field that the defense used to put two and three guys and buzz a third guy up under me and I always felt that if my presence on the field could take two or three guys out of the play and I have to jog a 40-yard must-outside-release go, then I would do that. 
but I had to take the criticism too. But next thing you know, that must out that must outside release go that I'm running now. The quarterback throws it to me, and I'm jogging it. So a lot, <laughs> so so a lot of the things, Russ, from my position that I had to learn. And when I look at DK and the chemistry, and I said this on 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 Monday countdown uh, last night that the chemistry that you all have in such a a, a young age in his second year. Man, is unheard of. And I kind of compared it to Julio Jones and Matt Ryan. And I kind of beat Matt Ryan up a little bit. And I didn't mean to. But it's kind of like when you have a dominant weapon like that on the outside, there's chances in the game where the defense will let you get him the ball. And, and, yeah. and, and so, like I say, I, I look and critique you guys. And like I say, those routes that you guys ran uh, the other night, man, was like, those are the type of routes that puts fear in the defense. When you have a guy that big, that fast, like uh, the touchdown you threw him, Devin McCourty didn't know if he was coming all the way across field or not. You know what I'm saying? Yep. And now I don't know if your eyes kept him there, but then he kept, then he took it back high angle to the back pylon. But the speed of Stephon Gilmore could not keep up with DK. So the advantage to a guy like his, they were talking about his size, his speed, his height coming out of the draft. And that's why, Russ, I want to work with you guys because there's, there's another part of his game, and I'm not going to say it on here. But Come there's on, another say part. it on here. No, Jeff, no. <laughs> and the reason why is because I'm a true believer of this. You see a lot of guys in the offseason – putting up their off-season workouts and, and, and look how they break and all this. Well, I'm looking at a guy. I'm studying you. I am actually studying you. Like, if I look at a DB and he's sitting up here putting his little cone drills and, and, and all that stuff on, on, on Instagram, and he's showing me how good his, his footwork is, well, guess what? At the end of the drill, you did drop the ball. Well, the next one that you put up, <laughs> your hands are raggedy. So, basically. I know when I go against you that my footwork and my hips got to be A+. Plus. And now when the ball comes, I got to be physical to catch the ball because I'm not worried about you picking the ball off. So it's just a lot of things that, like I said, Jeff, that, that there are going to be people looking at this, and I'm not going to sit up here and tell them the weaknesses that I see in this young man's game. I want to be able to get with him in the offseason and then talk to him about his about his weakness. Jeff, you don't know that me and Russ was supposed to get together this offseason, but then the COVID hit and then oh, COVID yeah, hit yeah, everybody. The COVID hit and you know the, the travel restrictions and start, you know, coming uh, you know, high on the list. And I just told him, you know, apologize and I couldn't get there. So we were supposed to get together this offseason, Jeff, but we were unable to. So like I say, I don't like to give my tips away of, of, of what I look and what I study, but I'm not but that that next year, Jeff, I'll be able to tell you the weaknesses that we worked on. How about All that? Right. Yeah, we'll so, get- so what, what's cool? What's what's cool about that too, uh, Randy? What you talked about is just, uh, you know, obviously us spending so much time together throughout the years and talking and everything else. What I'm excited about with DK is is how explosive, how amazing he's been just his first year. Obviously, the first two games and like like, like the play you talked about with Stephon Gilmore and him and just him getting behind him is. Such a special play. Only so many people in the world can do what he just did. Yes, and especially against a great corner like him. Exactly. And so how do we? How do we? How do we set it up the next time? And how do you? 
how do you use them to be able to do it all? And I think that's going to be the great crafting that we'll be able to do in the off season with me, you and him that we were supposed to have this year, but, uh, you know, COVID hit us and <laughs> everything else changed, you know, but, uh, you know, I know D- DK is fired up to spend some time with you. And you talked about those routes where he kind of slapped the guy by, ran a slant, talk, caught those two beautiful routes. I mean, he is just doing everything the right way. And so, uh, just to perfect the game. And, and I've studied guys like Drew Brees and guys like Tom and so many other guys I've picked the, their brain on just how do you do this? How do you do that? And just continue to build my game as well. Also studying me. So I know he'll be ready for that. You know, Randy, uh, first of all, thank you for uh, this part, this first part of the conversation. You know, what I'm ex- uh, also excited about is our two minute drill that's going to be coming up. But before I do that, uh, let me let me uh, read this thing here and uh, get back to you. I got a little ad read I got to do here. Uh, you know, what I'm saying, Randy, last week is in the books. Now it's a time to review the tape and prepare for this week. There is no better place to get in on all the action than with DraftKings, the leader in one day fantasy sports. To add to this week's excitement, DraftKings has a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes up for grabs. If you haven't tried DraftKings yet, head to the App Store now because you don't want to miss this. Draft your lineup and and feel the sweat like never before. Every run, every pass, and catch means more with DraftKings. It's simple. Just pick your lineup, stay under the salary cap, and see how your team stacks up against the competition. Nothing adds to the excitement of watching the game quite like having a shot at millions of dollars in prizes. DraftKings has paid out billions of dollars to winners since 2012, so they know a thing or two about cold, hard cash. Download the DraftKings app now and use code DANGERTALK for a limited time. New users can get a free shot at millions of dollars in prizes this week. Don't miss out on the week three action. Enter code DANGERTALK to get a free shot at millions of dollars in prizes with your first deposit. That's code DANGERTALK only at DraftKings. Make it rain. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Speaking of DraftKings, you need to tell DraftKings that I need them to lower your price each week, man. You too high. Can't my price is going week, up, guys. Randy. Huh? DraftKings, my price. You know what I'm saying, Randy? Uh, he, he's even getting paid on DraftKings. It's amazing. That's great, man. That's great. You know, but, uh, you know, Rand, Randy, go. let's go back a little bit because you talked about some of the stuff that you've been able to do over over your time and your career, you know. First of all, guys, I, I know maybe maybe some of you all are hopping into this, uh, you know, podcast right now. We got you got the one and only uh, Randy Moss on here, and uh, it's pretty exciting. Randy, uh, one of my favorite players of all time. But you know, Randy, you know, I got some stats here and just some, and more information. Just if anybody's curious, obviously, um, Randy, uh, he played for the Minnesota Vikings. Obviously, from 1998 to 2004 and 2010. Oakland Raiders, 2005-2006. New England Patriots, which is something I want to talk about, 2007-2010. Tennessee Titans, 2010. San Francisco 49ers, 2012. I don't know why you went to the 49ers. And amassing 15,292 yard, career yards and 982 receptions. That's right. I said 982 receptions, including 156 touchdowns, like I mentioned earlier. Uh, Moss also earned Pro Bowl honors six times. Uh, was first-team All-Pro on four occasions. Uh, he was the NFL's receiving touchdown leader five times including uh, two, 2007 when he set the NFL single-season record with 23 touchdowns. 23 touchdowns, Randy. So let me ask you something. 23 touchdowns, what are you telling your quarterback to make 23 touchdowns happen? Like, hey, give me the ball? Or, or how, how does this all happen here? How do you get open? How does somebody allow you to get score 22, 23 touchdowns in the first place? Well, I think it, 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 goes back to, it goes back to being focused and preparation. And 
I could just remember, you know, Coach Belichick just making us feel like crap each week, Russ. We're the number one offense in the National Football League, and we're going up against, you know, the 27th ranked, the 15th ranked, the 20th ranked defense in the National Football League. And he never wanted us to get big head or, or you know, ahead of ourselves because he knew how good we were. And each yeah. week, you know, I didn't really know how good we were. I didn't really know what type of success I was really having. I just know I was determined just for the the two years that I spent in Oakland and, and all of the naysayers and all the negative talk that was talked about me, about my skills and the love that I have for the game. And, you know, my, my three F's is, you know, my faith, my family and football. And, and I think that, you know, 10 years into my career, you know, someone was challenging one of those F's and, and like I said, it, it was just one of those times in my career where I thought I knew football. And so for me, I had to really bite down, hunker down, get in the playbook. And uh, when I got to New England, Bill was telling me, hey, Randy, you want to learn this position as fast? As, well, if you learn this position quick enough, the quicker you can be moved around in this offense. So I've always, like I said, Russ, just wanted to be a student of the game and and I thought I knew football before I came up there of how to read coverages, how to prepare, how to practice, all these little things. And Bill was kind of like showing me a different side of the game of football that I never approached the game of football that way. So I worked out hard that offseason because I wanted to be there uh, for them, just for the success that they had, the championships that they won, and you know, getting with a Hall of Fame quarterback in Tom. And, and I just wanted to be there, Russ. I wanted to be there. I wanted my locker right beside Tom's. I wanted to know, you know, when you guys audible, Russ, three by one, when, 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 when I'm hot, when I'm not, why you're changing the protection, uh, you know, all the little things that goes on in you guys' head throughout the course of a game. If I'm the backside receiver or if I'm the hot, I wanted to make sure to know everything he knew. So, when we were, you want to play quarterback, yeah, yeah. I mean, you want to have that quarterback mind. I think the that's mentality. the best receivers and guys like DK, guys like Tyler. They they talk about that all the time. It's keep keep going. This is amazing. And so when I when I so when they start, you know, talking about uh, the preseason and stuff, Russ, I get hurt like day two, week day three in preseason. I tweak my hamstring. So the four weeks that we're in preseason didn't play. Um, I was with our trainer, our uh, trainer, Harold Nash. So me and Harold Nash still have a reporting relationship till this day because of the month that we spent together. We got to know one another. I mean, he played some DB. He played a little quarterback. So, you know, when I needed to work on my releases, Harold Nash was the guy. When I needed to work on my routes, he would throw me the ball. So, um, and, and I think that, you know, when I look at everything that, when I went to New England, it was just more on you, – you heard me earlier talking about Kevin Falk and Vince Wilfork. Me and Kevin Falk go back to high school, uh, USA Today All-American. We go to college. We're All-Americans. So we're following each other's past. We're following each other's career. So 10 years in the National Football League, I come to New England. The first football player that I see in the locker room is Kevin Falk. First uh -huh. time. So when I see him – so when I see him, I give him a hug. And so me and him start, um, I just said, look, man, however you 
uh, got to become a champion. I said, bro, I need it. I need it all. Teach me. I need all of it. So he said, all right, Moss, we're going to start having film study over my house every Wednesday night after work. So, you know, you're at work all day. Then I'm going over his house for a two, two and a half hour film study to, to, to see how they do their craft. So I remember saying something. He said, hey, Moss, um, something, something, something. I said, Kevin, we're going to go undefeated. This is not going to be fair. And so Bill Belichick started talking about how teams play us. I said, Bill, you don't have to worry about a safety dropping down in the box. Uh, we're going to do this. We're going to do that. So I was not cocky in my approach to my first year in the Patriots. I was very confident because I was determined. Yeah. I had a great offseason. So when it was time to call, you know, week one against the Jets, two touchdowns, it was kind of like, man, I'm ready to rock and roll. So I just remember going into the last game of the Giants game. And then, you know, I really knew. And, you know, Russ, I had two goals going into the National Football League. I had two goals. One goal was to be the number one, um, to have the all-time receiving touchdown record. And I wanted the most touchdowns in the season. So um, those are the only two goals that I ever had going into the National Football League. And so when I got to the end of the season, uh, um, week 16, um, we were playing the Giants. I just remember that I needed one to tie the record and I needed two to break it. And yeah. so we're sitting up there and I think me and, and I think Tom was chasing the record himself. And, and I just told Tom and I just remember vaguely just saying, man, let's just go play football. Let's just go play football. So I remember as I scored my first touchdown, tied the record. Okay. It's cool. Then I forgot about the record because we were losing wow. the game. We were losing the game. Wow. So I didn't Crazy. care. I didn't care about no record because I wanted to win the game. We were going on an undefeated season. So then, next thing you know, Russ, they call the play. They line me up on the right. He throws it out there. He misses me. So I jog back to the huddle, Russ. Before I can even get back to the huddle, I hear him say, "Same play on one. Same play <laughs> on one. That means same formation." Nothing changes. Line right back up. Running it, run it again. Running again. Like we're in daggone practice. I, I ain't going to miss you this time. And daggone it, we set the daggone NFL record. Ran, running the same play again. I ran the same goal route. He threw it the same way. He didn't want to miss, and I didn't want to miss. And then, you know, I can just remember how tired I was because I just ran two go balls. And you hear me talk about my man, Vince Wilfork. Well, Vince Wilfork is on punt team. I mean, I'm sorry, field goal, field goal team. He ain't on punt team. No, he's on PAT. He's on PAT. So when he comes on the field, yeah, I'm talking all that stuff. Dude, I'm so tired. So he grabs me by my jersey, started yanking me around and stuff like that. So like I say, man, it was just fun to be able to go in and and, and put – you know, 23 touchdowns were 1998, my rookie year, were, you know, all the negatives, all the naysayers of what I could and couldn't do. Going into my 10th year, Russ, of what I could and couldn't do. I lost a step. I don't love the game. I'm not passionate about the sport anymore. And then being able to go through and, and, and put a performance like that um, in, in my 10th year. That was just great. And then doing it with a guy like Tom Brady, doing it with the team. And like I said, man, it was just so many memories that I have just for 14 years and like 10 years into the league where I thought I knew 
the game of football where I thought I knew how to play. And that's why I told you earlier, like, man, never stop being a student of the game. Always be willing to learn, get better. And I've always, I, I always want to know what the coaches know. And I think that's 10 years into my, to, into my career, you know, I wanted to know, know what Josh McDaniel was doing. I wanted to know what Tom was doing. So mm-hmm. I think that helped me out because now it made me a, a, a my studying habits got a little better where, you know, I had to go back to school, you know, sitting up and coaches used to come into training camp and my dad going notebook, playbook is on my chest, Russ, I'm out like cold. You're out cold. Yeah. <laughs> hey, and that, and that wasn't a hoax. I wasn't showing the coach, yeah, coach, I'm studying, just slay my playbook on my chest. No, that wasn't a joke, Jeff. You know, I really wanted to make the team. I really wanted to make the roster. I really wanted to make the team proud. I mean, I ran into Teddy Bruschi. I ran into Rodney, Mike Vrabel. You're talking about veteran guys. Oh, Junior Seau. You got veteran guys with 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 at, with accolade with accolades and 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 honors already. So I'm going in the team with already that much history, and then the veterans that that they're relying on the veteran play. So like I said, I didn't want to let those guys down. I still had some football left to be played. And like I said, man, that year, I think I was more focused and determined to go out there and prove a lot of people wrong. Sort of like my rookie year in 98. Yeah. What, what I loved about it too, was, you know, just how, how gangster the call was by Tom. Hey, before you even get back to the hub, we run in that play again. We'll hit you. We will make this record happen. I, I think you talk about that connection with you and Tom and, and how special that is in that quarterback relationship. We, are, we talked about earlier uh, and about my relationship with DK and, and how important that is and uh, w- what kind of player that you see him to be and everything else. But when you talk about your relationship with Tom uh, and those, in those few years that you were there, you know, what was that like working with him in terms of his greatness, his attitude every day, what he brought to the table as well? And then also talk about Bill Belichick and his success. And obviously you, t- you said that, you know, what what made Bill so great part of it was how he really taught you the the ins and outs of the games and, and and how 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 he challenged you in that way to be you know student of the game and really know it all. I mean, you were obviously smart and knew how to run routes and route guys up and do all that, but in terms of fully knowing the whole scope of the game and playing basically playing the quarterback position in a way from the receiver position. Talk about Tom, your relationship with him. Talk about Bill. Well, the one thing that I, that I really told Tom we start talking about there's a play there's a play and not I don't know when y'all guys have put it in but they put me in a slot okay mm-hmm. and more of the red zone Russ where when you put a guy in the slot most of the time you give them one route and they stick with the route so they ended up giving me a two-way go and it was just based on the safety's leverage it didn't, it, yeah. not the nickel back, not the daggone backer over me. It was off the safety's leverage. And it was crazy where they used to let me go post if he's on my outside. And if he's in the inside, I'm going corner. And so when me and Tom finally talked over that of, Randy, I see the same thing you see. You just can't see me because, you know, your eyes are facing the field and I'm behind you. So he's basically telling me, just give me a certain body language when you're going to Get break. Yeah. yeah. And that, it, it, it kind of, it, it was so simple that he put it like that. I was like, what do you mean body language? He just said, Randy, just make sure you stick. And I, Just go win, baby. <laughs> yeah, just go stick it. 
So a lot of it was I seen his passion. I seen what type of success Tom had up to the point to, to me getting there. And now that I knew that I could score anywhere on the field, I could score from a slant, a hitch, a curl. But now I wanted to, to get back to throwing the ball deep. I really wanted to get back to stretching the field. So with him being able to throw the ball, and I, I remember one time he was like, um, I was like, Tom, can you, how far can you throw it? And he's like, man, just go. And this is what's funny, Russ. That's the time that I daggone tweaked my hamstring in practice in training camp because I felt that I was, you know, I felt that I had a good off season. I felt that I was ready to go and I wanted to run. So Tom threw one out there, man, and I grabbed my hamstring. So the first touchdown against the Jets is crazy. I told you the play was, if the safety's on my inside, I go high angle, out. yes, Away. high angle corner. Away. And if he's on my outside, I go to the post. Well, guess yep. what? The, far, the safety on the far side was down, and the other safety was on my outside. So I went all the way across field to the front pylon, Russ. You hear me? Took it to the crib. Yeah. Took it to the crib. <laughs> Took it to the crib. <laughs> so I think the success that we had, you know, started out when, you know, coming into week one, the New York Jets, and I was uncertain if I, if my hamstring was, was, was uh, rehabbed properly, if I was ready to go, if I could sustain for four quarters and, and things like that. But then being able to, like I was telling you earlier, being able to have that type of success where I remember going against Sean, I remember going against the late Sean Taylor, London Fletcher, and that uh, that number one defense, uh, uh, Washington Redskins, and I remember Bill Belichick starting a period over, and I'm sitting there like, "Wow, man, we started a period, man, we're just the number one defense in the National Football League." So we're sitting there like, "Oh, okay." So he's tearing our butts up all week, all week, all week of how good y'all reading your own press clippings. Tom Brady, you're not this good, and all of this stuff. He's on y'all's head. Yeah, so I remember we, I think we beat mm -hmm. the Washington Redskins, the number one defense, for like 40-some points. And um, mm -hmm. and so then throughout the rest of the year, he started playing mind games with us. And it would always be some of the little things where it would be a two-minute drill. It would be a two-minute drill, and, you know, it's a – the DB didn't help me and, and we didn't complete the pass. Well, all right, damn punt team is up. So now we're mad. And now he gives us another shot. All right, offense back up. Now, you know, of course, we're going to go out there to destroy him because he just cheated on the phantom call in practice. So like yeah. I say, he raised and motivated our play, all 11 guys offensively, you know, to what he put us through in practice, Russ was harder than any game we even played that year. We played the last game in Arizona where the New York Giants, you know, just made more plays than we did. It's, it's not like that we wasn't prepared. Now, were we fully prepared? No, because we lost the game. But the Giants made more plays than us. And I think that for me to be able to have that on my resume, to have an undefeated season where there's only one team to ever do it in NFL history, Man, that was yeah. something that I look forward to because I think that once we beat the Giants in regular season in the Meadowlands, then it was more like 
we knew that a hey, man three games we we're, we're 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 in history so like i say man it was just fun in 2007 you know playing with tom being able to put those numbers up but at the same time when you have a hall of fame you know coach and bill belichick that has all of these weapons that your offense is 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 so great that you're still finding ways to challenge him and bringing the best out of him, best out in us week in and week out, man. That's something I'll never forget about Bill. What what, what I love about that is, you know, you and Tom and and, and Coach Bill, obviously, arguably the best to ever do it at y'all's positions and everything else and jobs and everything else, but challenging each other, how how Bill kind of did the Phil Jackson approach with Michael Jordan, you know, man, like, and made these guys go through these tough challenges and tough moments and flipping the script on them just randomly just to make his mind think and process to make practice harder than the game. And yes, and, and, to, and, for, and for Tom to understand that, OK, you know, this is what I want. I want to I want you to feel this at this moment. Give me that angle and just keeping it. To be honest, with you, I always say simple wins. Keep it simple. You know, like give, give me that stick move. And this is so I know, OK, that's that's the time that you're breaking it away. And I think that that stuff, that the intricacies of perfection. The intricacies of greatness, the intricacies of of trying to be trying to set that legacy and what it looks like and the obsession with it every day is exactly what you're talking about with Bill and Tom and yourself and what you guys were able to do together. And some of those players that you guys had on the team, too, as well. Right. You know, and, and so, so such great players. And I think that's that's pretty amazing to think about um, in the process of it all. So. You know, I, I used to love watching you guys. You're saying that it's harder to play the Patriots even when you are the Patriots. <laughs> yeah, hey, it's man. like Belichick was saying, it's going to be hard even right now when you play against yourselves. Hey, man, I mean, it, 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 and you know what? It worked, Jeff. It really worked because <clears throat> I remember we had a two-minute drill where we had a uh, – Russ, I was backside three by one. Yep. And Tom Brady gave me the quick out signal. All right. And it was a two minute drill. He gave me the quick out and the quick out was to get the first down. It's like third and four. Well, we incomplete was an incomplete pass. All right. Yep. Uh So the next day in practice, um, I'm sorry, the next day in film that morning, Bill Belichick put up the two minute drill. And he he left the two-minute drill, or he left the offense with, I got a Hall of Fame wide receiver. I got a Hall of Fame quarterback that can't not complete a five-yard out. He done called you out like that, just straight up. In front up. of the whole team. The whole squad. And he said, if I want a quarterback to complete a five-yard out, I go down there and get the local high school quarterback at wow. so-and-so high school. <laughs> wow. So, you got Jeff Dye to play quarterback. So, <laughs> so at that time, Russ, I'm sitting there like, wow, man, he just 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 clowned Tom Brady in front of everybody. So I'm probably Russ, what, two or three? I'm I'm the I'm the next row over, but I'm like two or three rows up, like stadium seating. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking at Tom's face to see if he took that as a, you know, did he take that as like, okay, Bill, I'm going to show you, or did he chuckle? Man, Tom Brady's sitting up there with his legs crossed, arms folded, with a look on his face like, you know. F you. Yes. So next thing you know, I said, oh, that's a shot. That's a shot. So then I'm sitting up there mad. So we come out there, pat and go. We're pat and go. 
Tom Brady's already loose. He's firing the ball and pat and go. Lighting gloves up. So that lets me know, hey, man, ain't no time to play today. Whoever get out here today going to get it. And, man, we destroyed They going to get all that. Yeah, we destroyed it. And that's some of the things that most guys in today's game would be like, man, I can't believe that Russell Wilson called me out in front of the offense. No, I'm just trying to bring the best out in you, young man. We need you. You know, I can see yeah. if you get in the media or talk to us on, on Monday night football or something, or, well, I wish DK Metcalf wouldn't have ran that wrong route. You know, I can see if it was something like that. But the thing about the locker room, you check your ego in at the door because at the end of the day, Russ, I don't, well, Mich- I don't care what you do when you're not in the building. All I care about is when we come together for those three plus hours, I need you to give me everything you got, man. And everything. You got to leave it out the door. Yeah. Everything there. Yeah. So, and so it's kind of like, you know, there, there, there's a lot of different, different walks of life in our locker room. There's different nationalities, of course. There's different hidden agendas, of course. But like I say, man, it, 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 you know, a team is a team when you can just forget about everything that goes on through the week and just come together for one another. And I think that's where we was able to have success. You know, you look at the, the what was it, Bounty something, uh, Bounty Gate or something. What was it? Yeah. Spygate, Spygate. Like it. it was Spygate. So, you know, they're, they're sitting up there attacking Bill and, you know, his expertise. And, you know, I, I don't care if it's right or wrong. I, I mean, I mean, I don't care if it's true or false. I just knew that the team that I played for and the man that coached me for, for a certain amount of years that I used to look at his approach to where I used to be, I used to want to be the first one in there, Russ. I don't sleep. You know what I'm saying? Quarterbacks. I know you guys are one of the first ones in the office. I always wanted to beat Tom Brady to the office and it wasn't, Mm -hmm. it wasn't Hey, I told you so. Oh, I wanted to see what I could do. No, I wanted to be there and get stuff done. So at six o'clock, six fifteen, when it's time when film study's over, Russ, I'm going home to my family. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. I'm not yeah. staying. You, you, you wanted to be great. I, I'm a big believer in that too. Is like, man, I, I'm a morning person, Randy. So I want to get up early. I want to be the first one. There. I yeah. want to get get rolling with the day. And then that way, once once I've done everything, I usually leave around seven or whatever time it is. And uh-huh. once I'm done. I'm done. It's time to watch my TV shows and sit back and kick it back and relax. But yes. to know that, you know, I've, I've left it. I left everything every single day right there on that practice field every single time. And I think that's the thing that that's the, something that you can control, too. And, and as a team, you can do that as well. So you so you would say that Bill had the biggest impact on you from your coaching career. From, from a coaching perspective on your playing career and what that meant? I think him and Dennis Green, because Coach Dennis yeah. Green gave me an opportunity, Russ, where a lot of people was really doubting me uh, because of my past and the things that they heard about me. So, you know, Coach Dennis Green gave me that opportunity, Russ, for me to be able to go out here and showcase my God-given ability. And 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 like I said, I thought up to that point of, you know, Denny Green is one of Bill Walsh's disciples. You know, he comes from that, from that, from that makeup that, that back in the day. And, um, you know, he taught me some things and about the passing game, about Bill Walsh and, and the passing game, the West Coast offense. And like I said, before I became a, a Patriot, I thought that I knew how to practice. I knew how to prepare. I knew how to do this. And, like I said, man, it was kind of like it was good for me to get up there because it was kind of like I needed to refocus. 
I needed to refocus. Yeah. I lost a little bit of my focus and a little bit of 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 the game in, in, in Oakland because of, you know, we wasn't we wasn't winning games. So for me to be able to go up there and just experience the things that I experienced, man, I'm forever grateful for that, man, because I'm very passionate about the game of football. And, you know, you look up, look in the rafters and look at, at the success of certain organizations, man. I, I mean, that's why, you know, when I look at, you know, what you've done for your team, for your city, for your organization, man, it's like there's only a few greats up there, you know, Largent, you know, Ken Griffey, you know, and, you know, yourself. And I look at, you know, the success that, you know, you guys have had in such a short period of time. It's kind of like the Patriots. The Patriots had success in a short period of time. And you look at you look at all the hard work that goes in and you look at Tom being able to spend two decade two decades in the organization to have that much success. And, you know, now he's in the Tampa Bay. So that's why, Jeff, you know, when they say not for long, man, you better get the best out of what you can get out of the National Football League, man, because it's here today and gone tomorrow, man. And that's why I love, Russ, looking at looking at highlights, looking at videos and stuff like it, man, and, and still try to be still in tune with the game of, you know, being an analyst on, on ESPN and being able to go to these Monday night venues and see you guys warm up on the field and interview after the game, man. I mean, it makes me feel good that – you know, I was once one of these guys out here just trying to find my way in the shoulder pads and helmet, man. So like I say, bro, it's a pleasure, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, no, I, I think to be able to to think back, you know, when I'm all said and done, hopefully I get to play 20 plus years here in Seattle. Um, Third, 30, 40 Tom, plus, 50 plus. <laughs> 30 plus. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, if, if I'm if I'm still doing it when I'm fifty or sixty, hopefully I'm owner of the team. John. I ain't trying to. I ain't trying to. I'm either owner or helping coach the team. One of the two. But, I know that's uh, right. We need. Yeah, you know, I'm trying to own the team. You know what I mean? But uh, you know, I think I think about that legacy that you talked about and all the things that you've done, and especially being surrounded by legends of the game like Bill Belichick and and obviously Tom Brady and those relationships and how key that is and how Bill you know cussed cussed you two guys out in the middle of the meeting because you couldn't complete an out route and calling time out that's crazy you know during a two-minute practice and just making some of these does what like i'm a big fan of pete carroll's i mean i followed him in college following him in new england went back now he's with seattle you know as a hall of fame coach because i've never played you know and russ the year the year you guys went to new york and beat Denver. Mm -hmm. remember that super bowl yeah. Do I remember? Do I, remember? I remember that one. I, I don't remember the other one. I remember the, I remember Listen, the first one. I had an opportunity, Russ. I had an opportunity to come and play with you guys. To come and play Get with the hell you out guys. Get the hell out of here. You're telling me a lot. Oh, listen to me. Listen to me. Listen to me. I had an opportunity. Schneider tried to bring me off the rack. Man, I would have thrown you a go ball so dang far you wouldn't have ever been able to see where how far it went. It would have gone to the moon all the way back down. So, so listen, <laughs> Percy, Percy just got hurt. Okay. Yep. Percy mm -hmm. just got hurt. So I get a call. I'm working for Fox. Okay. I'm all working, Seahawks fans. Are you listening to this right now? I'm working <laughs> out, but I'm not training. Uh -huh. I stopped training three weeks prior because I said, well, you know what? I'm going to keep training because if a team would want to pick me up going into the playoffs, I would, you know, I would, 
you know, I, I would at least honor that. So he called me, told me, Percy, Percy got hurt. The guys would be ecstatic if you came through the locker room, blah, 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 blah. So I said, look, man, it is an honor. I appreciate it. But I said, I know I'm not physically ready to oh, go and oh, part. Russ, I uh, wasn't. I wasn't. Freddie, you ain't never told me this story. My heart hurts. You're telling me it's on Danger Freddie, Talk right now. My heart hurts. I know. That, man. If, when you were working at Fox, you were on a steady diet of Cheesecake Factory. I know that you <laughs> you weren't. You weren't. Th that's three weeks of Cheesecake Factory oh. every day. Red this velvet cheesecake, huh? What I the the passion and love that I have for the game, and that I have for my teammates, I did not want to come in knowing that I wasn't ready. No matter mm -hmm. what my role yeah. would have been, I know I, I I I as much as I would want to have a, a Super Bowl ring, Russ, I wasn't chasing one, and you know. It, it was kind of like the, the cat. The 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 cat never got out of the bag because I didn't really really want to entertain it. But just to let you know, since we're on this pod, I Josh, Dad, you call Randy Moss. Man. I wish somebody had told me we would have we would have made this happen, man. I all I need is a few go man. routes, a few post routes a game. That's it. That's all. <laughs> that's all I needed, man. Shoot, man. Now, now you got to have me having dreams about playing with Randy Moss in my lifetime. Well, no, but, but, you know, but, I, I, I'm. <laughs> but it was crazy. I, I didn't, I did not, I did not want to let you guys down, man. And like I said, I, I, I knew mentally, I was like, dude, I, what? I, I don't want to pass this chance up. But from a physical standpoint, man, just, just how I approach the game and how I approach my craft. I yeah. knew mentally. I mean, I knew inside from a physical standpoint, man. I was I wasn't ready. I, I knew that, so that's why I just yeah. said, you know, a lot of people. I know I could share that on 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 this podcast, man. And I, I know like, what y'all. No, it was just man. Oh, that, all those Seahawks fans gonna be going crazy <laughs> I, now. I, I, my my head is I'm exploding going crazy. right now. Hey, Russ, what do you say we do well, this two know, minute drill? You want to do the two minute drill? Yeah, let, let's do it. But uh, one last question before we hop into the two minute drill. You know, I. Real, and it's a super fast question, but when you think about, you know, Randy, how you talk about practice, and how you prepare was when you practice every rep, did you catch it? I got to think about guys like Jerry Rice and people that talked about him and practicing. Did you catch it and always run to the house or what was kind of your, how did you get your legs ready to play? Well, I think for me, just for the fact that I was a deep ball, the threat, I used to run, you know, more than anybody in the National Football League. No, I'm not going to sit here and say that I used to catch every ball and run to the house. But my preparation as far as I used to swim every day, I swim every day. I'd get two massages a week. But as far as as far as my preparation on the field, the drills when it's, you know, one on one, seven on seven team, the drills that I'm in, no matter what, I'm going full speed. And if I didn't. Like if the coach tells me something about, hey, we just don't have enough plays in for you today, we're going to work, you know, the short game, then I would go over there and help the scout team out. You know what I'm saying? Get the defense prepared. You know what I'm saying? And Because you knew that you were going to have to run like a deer, yes, just run all everywhere. Eventually. Just run, 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 run. And yeah. no, no, no team that I've ever been on in 14 years, no coach, no player, can never say that I – never came over there and gave our defense a look on scout team. No matter what year, 11, year two, year 13, 
whatever year that I was in, I always wanted to get my defense a look. I always wanted to go one-on-ones against, against the, the top corners because I always felt that if you could cover me and stay with me, the guys on Sunday should be a cakewalk, a walk in the park. You know what I'm saying? You just got to deal with the referees and what they're going to allow and what they're not going to allow. So, like I said, man, I always used to think team Russ, and I always wanted team. I just always just wanted to be team-oriented, man, and I never really felt that into year 10, man. Man, I love that, man. So good. Hey, so, Jeff, we got this two-minute where uh, two-minute drill. My two-minute drill is a little different than Bill Belichick and Tom Brady's two-minute drill when Bill is cussing you, you and, and Tom <laughs> Brady out, like you talked to me about it earlier a second ago. But, listen, I – so, talk, uh, Jeff, are you ready for this two-minute drill? I'm stoked. Here's how it goes, Randy. Uh, it's just Let's I'm going to give you rapid-fire questions. You give me the quickest answer. We're going to try and get them all in in two minutes. Uh, once I say the question, Randy will answer first, then Russ, and then I'll pop out the next question. You guys ready? So so, so no either-ors or anything, huh? Nope, you got to so be I'm fine. I answer first. I answer first, and then Russ with me. Yep. And then Russ is next. Yep, and then, and then I'll hit you with the next question. Gotcha. All right. Nobody wants to hear my answers. I want to hear from Randy Moss and Dangerous. You guys ready? (laughs) Yep. All right. Let's start this clock. I'm going to go with the first question. Rapid fire. Randy, you're first. Don't forget. Post or fade route? Post. Whatever Randy says, post. (laughs) Pizza or tacos? Pizza. Tacos. Okay. Sierra or Beyonce? (laughs) Sierra. (laughs) Sierra. That was a test. Sure. That was a test. All right. Favorite teammate. Go. Cole Pepper. Ooh. Favorite teammate. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Robert Trevor and DK Metcalf. <laughs> okay. Favorite ESPN teammate slash personality. Everybody on Sunday, Monday countdown. <laughs> my whole crew. Man, I, I, I'm uh, uh, Randy Moss. I'm going with Matt Hasselbeck, <laughs> Seattle guy. Okay. I'm sticking with those two. Okay, this one's for Randy. Cash or credit? Cash, homie. Love it. Cash is king, baby. Cash is king. Why am I nervous right now, Randy? All right, time's still ticking. Horror movie or comedy? Comedy. Horror. Okay. Ouch. Uh, beach or mountains? Mountains. Hmm. I'm going to go with. I'm, I'm going to go with the beach. Okay. Who wins the NBA championship this year? L.A. Bronzy. Yes. I'm going to go uh, I'm gonna go with the Lakers. All right. Dolphins or Jaguars this week? Dolphins. I'm going with Minshew. I'm going with the Jags. All right. Uh, legs or butt? Butt. <laughs> I'm going, I'm going with... Uh, I'm going with legs because I think the legs affect the butt. So I'm going with legs. I, I like to see his legs. <laughs> that's kind of a that was kind of a both right there. All right. Yeah, that's both. Yeah, that was definitely a both. All right. Do you like staying home, going out late? Oh, time's Stay up. Staying home. Russ. Staying home. Two calm, introverted guys. I'm the I'm the go out boy. All right. Hey, that's it. Nice job, Randy. You crushed that. That was good, Randy. You're good at two-minute drill, man. Hey, listen. He said post route. Hey, whatever he wants to run, I'm throwing it. You know, Randy, we we, we talk about, uh, you know, your life, your backstory, your whole experience of everything you've gone through and everything else. Um, You know, I know I know just kind of come kind of come 
where you come from and everything else and your your story like what i want to know is when it's all said and done and your legacy and what it's kind of come to and just the success story of 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 randy moss if you could tell me how you got here within 30 seconds how'd you get here i just think with a lot of hard work dedication and a, and a praying mother you know i grew up in a church russ and and been able to just have my mom praying, you know, for all these years of, of just keeping me protected and just keeping God's hands on me and, and, and just getting me where I needed to be, man. So I just think just a praying mom and, 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 you know, God fearing woman and just instilled a lot in me, man, to just keep working hard. I got a mom working two and three jobs to feed three kids. So, you know, it was up to me to continue to work hard and just just try to show her some of the things that she put in me and that hard work does pay off. And when I think about my mom and I think about, you know, my I lost my dad and I think about, you know, my family. We got, you know, my brother, my, my sister, myself, um, you know, th- those prayers really count. Those yeah. prayers add up. Yeah. And I think that sometimes in life we we don't um, we underestimate how good prayer is and how how good. Uh, having that loving parent is like, like your mom and how those relationships are. And, you know, you talked um, a little bit, you know, about just your brother and family and relationships, but, you know, um, can you talk a little bit about that, Randy, and just kind of, if you could give anybody any advice, because we always in danger talk, we always want to leave somebody with, with, leave our fans with some advice on how to overcome challenges and in the midst of everything that's happened in 2020 and everything that you've personally had to go through and everything else. You know, how do we overcome it all? And just what, what, what's kind of your thought process on that? Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's hard for me to say. I think for me, it's just, you know, Russ, when I say I come from a small family, man, I come from a very small family. I mean, I grew up with, you know, I didn't really no cousins, no aunts, no uncles, you know, just a lot of a lot of the things that. You know what a family reunion would mean you know, to me to go to one, you know, what it would, what, 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 what type of things, what family is about. And I think that when you see these stories, I seen a story the other day on Instagram where these, where you see these guys giving their dads or their, their parents, something like he gave his dad a truck mm-hmm. and his dad was so weak that he, he, he didn't even want the keys cause he didn't think the truck was his. And, and I think that when you when you look at the end of the day of 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 the definition of family, I think it's just more of something that I've always wanted. And I think that the people that you have here, you see the COVID, you see the pandemic. As we age and people get older, I think it's just more of us just being able to love and 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 love your family for who they are. And I think it's just more on when you look at family members just coming apart because of people just being judgmental of, I don't want this person around me because he drinks alcohol or he may do drugs or may be like his man, your family is your family. And I think that if you accept your family members for who they are, man, I think that a lot of people would, 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 would understand my definition, my definition of of, a family and, you know, friends or family, the people in your circle. And, and, and you know, I've, I've lost a lot of people in the last year and just been able to just reminisce of a lot of the good times that we've had and a 
lot of the times that I've been in the Metrodome and been around the game of football, how it brought so many smiles to, to, to my family and friends' faces. And like I say, man, just being able to enjoy your family while they're here, man, and, and, and just love them for who they are. And as, as I think that's the best advice that I can give for right now, because you, you, you have so many, you know, people just being so judgmental. And I, there's a woman that, and I, they make a little meme about it, about joking where she was homeless and she um, got arrested by the cop and she told the cop to do this dance. And I think you might've seen the meme on, I know your wife might've seen it as, you know, somebody, you about to lose your job, yeah, you, you know? And, yeah. Okay. So it, it was kind of like that, that woman was homeless and her family hasn't seen her for so many years. And that's the first time they laid eyes on her and mm -hmm. for them to be able to reach out to her, to let her know, Hey, it, whatever you did or whatever we did, we're sorry, come back home. We miss you. Yeah, that's good. And, and that was a touching story because we made all the jokes about the dance and the bead and the remix and all that. But the, the but, but the true story about behind it means that the, the, the young lady's family hasn't seen her in so long and they missed her. And, and I, like I said, that's why I said it, Rush. It's like, you know, just love your family for who they are and just accept them for who they are. Because, you know, as we get older, it's kind of like <clears throat> Russ, Jeff, when we grew up in our communities and we see Mr. and Mrs. So-and-so and we wave at them and, you know, be respectful. And then all of a sudden they pass away. And then as we get older, more people start passing away. So, it's like, you know, Jeff, we started out as a joke of the NFL, meaning, you know, not for long. And, you know, that's why you have to just cherish the moments. And, and just like I said, just accept it. You, just accept your family members for who they are. If they're not, you know, causing any pain, no destruction, you know, within the household, within the family, man. Like I say, you know, you, 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 you sit up here and, you know, I've lost a lot of people over the last year and just being able to just have them back for a few words or a hug or something like that. That's, that's something that really just tears me up. But uh, that's all I can give you, Russ. Well, Randy, I think that, uh, you know, your advice, your inspiration, uh, your legacy of what you left on the football field, but what you, um, when people hear this podcast and get to, talk, get to hear from you, you know, every, every Sunday, Mondays and, and more, and just the legacy that you've left and the impact that you've not just had on me, but so many other people around the world and even your own family. You know, uh, the words that I receive, you know, from what you're saying is, is this idea of love, you know, to be able to love people through it all. Yeah. Because what really, really what love is, is uh, to be able to love people through the, their, their, their highest moment and their lowest moment. Correct. So the peaks and the valleys. And I think, you know, uh, I think that's what Jesus did for us, you know, and uh, he, lo he loved us through it all. And I think part of it, too, is also is this idea around forgiveness, too. You know, you're talking about, you know, love and forgiveness and this. You talked about, as you said, we, we kind of joked about, you know, the NFL standing not for long, but like this life is not for long. Right. I think with 2020, we've all understood that process, that in so many different ways and experienced it in so many different ways and, and the pandemic and everything else and just what's been going on in America with all the racial issues and everything else. And, and how do we make a world a better place? Can, can we love better? Can we forgive? Can we get forgive sooner? You know, can we forgive sooner? Can we, can we do it in a better way? And so. I think, uh, you know, Randy, it, it's been an honor to have you on Danger Talk. Uh, it, you are a true, true legend in so many different ways. You, you've made a difference not only uh, as a young kid growing up watching you and, 
wanting to throw go balls and post routes to, to, to now to now you breaking my dang heart knowing that you could have played for the Seattle Seahawks and caught a nice post route. I would have check post, check post, you know. But now that I don't get to do that, uh, I'll have to deal with DK Metcalf and the boys and Tyler Lockett and, and, and the other guys. But man, I'm just grateful for you, man. I can't wait to spend some time with you this offseason. Like I know we're going to once this whole. Uh, as Jeff Dye likes to say, Pandy goes away. Pandy's as done. soon as this pandemic goes. Yeah, once this Pandy's done. <laughs> but um, and I'm just grateful for your time. I'm grateful for your knowledge, your experience, your stories about guys like Bill Belichick and Tom Brady and the experience of and the relationships that you were able to bond and, and everything else and just how, how focused you were on those 17 uh, touchdowns your rookie year and how to, how to uh, have fun while doing it all. And uh, just I'm grateful for you, grateful for what you mean to us. And uh, Randy Moss on the show with Danger Talk, man. I'm just grateful for you. And uh, thank you for being who you are. 84, the one and only, Randy Appreciate Moss. It. We Appreciate love you, Randy. You. Thank you, thank Randy. You. Thanks, Jeff. We love you, Randy. Appreciate you, All right, man. boss. We'll catch man, up, that was brother. the one and only, one and only Randy Moss. Man, I mean, the greatest to do it at his position, arguably. I mean, just so many different things that he was able to do. This man scored. Let me read some of these stats again. Okay, six-time pro bowler, uh, first-team all-pro on four occasions, uh, uh, Jeff Dye. He was the NFL's receiving touchdown leader five times, including 2007 when he set the NFL season. This man scored 23 touchdowns in one season. There's a lot of quarterbacks that haven't thrown 23 touchdowns a season. That 23 touchdowns in one season uh, caught 98, 98 passes for 1,493 yards and uh, helped the uh, Patriots go 16-0 that year. But more importantly, this man had, I think, 156 touchdowns. Insane. I think it was in his career. Uh, but anyways, man, and Rand, all of that, the one and only Randy Moss. All that is is just NFL stats. That doesn't count all the things before he got in the NFL, razzle-dazzle. It didn't count all those. Razzle-dazzle, you know all that stuff. So, yeah, uh, that was the great Randy Moss, and uh, that was pretty cool, Jeff. Uh, we, we've had some good guests so far. We've had, obviously, Shaq, uh, the first episode, Shaq talking about uh, his life, him being a police officer, all the way being, obviously, NBA champion to his relationship with Kobe and so much more. To uh, John David Washington, uh, you know, in episode two, talking about, you know, his success story and him creating his own identity away from his dad, away from his mom, and just the, the, the focus that he's had. And then obviously Randy Moss coming from a small town and everything else and having to work for everything and his relationship with guys like obviously Coach Bill Belichick and Tom Brady, but also to the thought process behind learning the game and challenging himself to all the way to what he views the world really needs, which is love, forgiveness this relationships to restore these relationships, man, Randy Moss, man, he was, he was amazing. How are we going to keep this going? Uh, how cool how are we going to keep this guest train going? I well, mean, that's, we're we're, we're going to have a special guest. Yeah. We're going to have three for three and we're going to, we're, we're going to stay hot too. We got, we got four for four coming uh, next week. So uh, Randy Moss, man, just thank you for being on the show and hopefully everybody loved it. Russ, you know, uh, you know, our, I would say our podcast is three and oh, you know, we're undefeated three and oh, and the Seattle Seahawks after this, uh, right, right now, the Seahawks are three and oh. Uh, and, and you might think, no, no, well, we're two and zero. No, we're two no. and zero. We're playing the Cowboys this week, which means we're three and zero, baby. <laughs> we're two and zero. We got, we got, we got, we got a, a tough one this week. So not worried it'll be about a great it. Matchup. Not worried about it. We got nine touchdowns. Yeah, you're not worried about weeks. it because you have to sit there and and hang out and tell jokes, and I got to be out <laughs> sit in the pocket and hang out and sit in the pocket all day. I'm so real confident. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, Jeff, that was a great win, man. Randy Moss was so special. You know what I loved about Randy was. He had so many, he had so many amazing stories about just the game and life and the relationships that he talked about. And 
you know, honestly, which was interesting to hear him talk about how he didn't have that many super, super tight knit relationships along the way because he was so focused on the process and how Coach Bill Belichick and Tom and the Patriots helped kind of restore his viewpoint on on the game and everything else. So that was really cool. And I'm excited about next week, which will be amazing and fascinating. Were you surprised well. a little? Like, like uh, he said so many answers that I was like, I would have never guessed that he like wanted to watch tape after hours, like do the more work after they already had a six hour thing. But I was, surprised. I mean, I, I wasn't surprised by that. I wasn't surprised by that because that's what, that's what greats do. They spend time on it. They, they're obsessed with it. They love it. And I think obviously that, but what I was, what I was, um, what was really cool to hear about is how Coach Belichick kind of really invested his time into teaching and fully challenging Randy to be the best version of himself and recapturing that. And the same with the other players that he got to play with, uh, like Bruschi and, and and so many other guys as well, um, guys like Junior Seau and stuff I think he mentioned too as mm-hmm. well. So uh, that was that was pretty cool. So fun, man. I'm excited for this. I'm excited for next week. Let's do this. Danger Talk. Episode three uh, was today with Randy Moss. Episode four coming next week. We can't wait to see you guys. Make sure you guys subscribe. Keep subscribing. Keep signing up. You can check it out on ESPN. Also, obviously, on Apple Podcasts, Danger Talk with Russell Wilson. And also my co-host, Jeff Dye, the fun and uh, ex- ex- extremely, extremely brilliant. Yeah, oh, that's I'll right. Take that's it. right. Oh, Jeff I like Dye. that. Brilliant. I'll put that on my comedian. resume. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Put that on your resume, huh? Uh, you didn't have 23 touchdowns. You're a razzle-dazzle superstar, the one and only uh, Jeff Dye. But uh, just thank you guys for joining us, and we'll see you guys next week. Make sure you guys subscribe, tell your friends, and we'll see you guys soon. Go Hawks, baby. Danger Talk, we are out. Thank you guys so much for listening to Danger Talk with Russell Wilson and my co-host Jeff Dye. Make sure you guys subscribe every Wednesday. We'll be right here for you guys with a great guest every week during the football season. <laughs>